What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. This is Lee Habib, and this is Our American Stories, and we tell stories about everything here on this show, from the arts to sports, and from business to history, and everything in between, including your stories. They're some of our favorites. Our next story, well, it's one about service, love, and sacrifice. Let's follow Eileen Hall's incredible journey across Europe as she searches for her husband in the middle of World War II. Eileen was a member in the Women's Army Corps, or WAC. We got together with Eileen and her daughter, Sherry, who both live in Canton, 
Ohio. Here's Eileen. I'm from Canton, Ohio. I was born in 10, 11, 23, and my mother and dad had a restaurant in downtown Canton, and we had a hotel up above the restaurant, and that's where I was raised. We lived right across the street from McKinley High School, so all I had to do was walk to, for high school was walk across the street and go to school. After my mother made it to my high school graduation, and shortly after that, she passed on, and my dad remarried, and I felt very uncomfortable at home with a different mother, really. And you were working at? Kempkin Roller Bearing Company, so it's a long time. That's 75 years ago, you know, so I'm trying to remember. A lot of it I'll never forget, but, uh, and there I met a girl and we became friends and we worked in the stationary supply office. And uh, she had a boyfriend from Galleon, Ohio, and every time he came up to see her, he brought his brother. So she said, do you think you'd mind dating his brother if he brings him up? And I said, oh no. Well, that was it, because we just melded together and it's just worked out so. But he was being drafted like all the, that he was going to be sent to Oklahoma. So uh, after my dad remarried, I just didn't feel comfortable at home. So I said, I think I'll, I always wanted to go to California. So I said, I think I'll go to California because I've always wanted to go there. So I boarded a train and it stopped in Oklahoma. And I thought, well, I'll just see, you know, him while I'm here. So that's as far as I got. <laughs> we got married. <laughs> After I was there a few days, we had to go through blood tests and it was really, you know, so and we were married in a Parsons office. And then it wasn't long after that, that he was sent overseas. So I thought, well, since I'm married to him, I'll go back home and see what I can do. You know, so I went back home and I decided to enlist in the service. So I went in downtown Canton where they had their recruiting office and told them I would like to join the Army. Well, the Navy I really wanted, but you couldn't get in that one until later. So um, I decided I'd get in the Army if I could. So even though I was married, I had to get my dad's consent because of my age, I couldn't do it unless I had my parents' consent. So I went to where he worked and told him, and he said, well, if I don't do this, you'll do something else crazy. So he signed. He was a World War I veteran. So he signed, and I took it back. And after that, I uh, got into uh, basic training in Daytona Beach, Florida. From there, I was, uh, I volunteered, they said as we were being interviewed, the girls that had already volunteered said, you'll be sorry, <laughs> and so, uh, but I volunteered for everything, so I always got the pick of things that I wanted to do, so I thought that was a good idea. From there, I was sent to Fort Oglethorpe, Georgia for driver training, and uh, I led a convoy through Georgia as one of our tryouts, you know, to see how we did. And so, uh, and then we had to uh, 
go in gas chambers and take off the gas mask and stay for a few minutes and then go out and catch your breath again. <laughs> so, and then uh, we had to lay down and they sh fired shots over us, you know, to see how we'd react. And then we had uh, to go through other training, abandoning ship, we had to go, you know, to a top of the ship that would be and go down the sides. And a couple of the girls were just terrified of doing it, so I helped along with them. And then after that was all done, I was sent to Fort Lewis, Washington. And I was only there for a little while. The, the fellows in the barracks weren't used to having women there. And boy, every time we'd walk out everywhere, shoo, there were guys walking with us. So, but anyway, I volunteered. They asked for volunteers to go overseas. So um, I volunteered, but there were too many. So I wasn't gonna get to go, but at the last minute, one gal dropped out. And so I took her place. And then it wasn't long after that that we were sent to Fort Dix, or New Jersey, and boarded the Queen Elizabeth and headed for France. So, it, on a ship that in peacetime would accommodate two people, there were 24 whacks in one room, and, and then we went on and we landed at Glasgow, Scotland, in the Isle of Clyde, and there we were met with the Red Cross and the Salvation Army and they gave us food and until and they decided where we were going to go from there. And some of us boarded a train and headed for Sutton Coalfield, England. That's where I was going to be stationed for a while. And we've been listening to Eileen Hall's journey to find her husband in the middle of World War II. A great backstory. I can't wait to hear more. Sure, you can't either. When we come back, more of Eileen Hall's story here on Our American Stories. Folks, if you love the stories we tell about this great country, and especially the stories of America's rich past, know that all of our stories about American history, from war to innovation, culture, and faith, are brought to us by the great folks at Hillsdale College, a place where students study all the things that are beautiful in life and all the things that are good in life. And if you can't get to Hillsdale, Hillsdale will come to you with their free and terrific online courses. Go to hillsdale.edu to learn more. And we continue here on Our American Stories with Eileen Hall's story. And what an adventurer this lady was, my goodness, and so many other women who served in the war. She wanted to be in the theater and volunteered for it. Let's pick up where we last left off. Some of us boarded a train and headed for Sutton Coalfield, England. That's where I was going to be stationed for a while. So... Um, that's where I had to drive 
a Jeep. I, I went through the motocross, so I was allowed to drive a Jeep and up to a two and a half ton truck. So I drove the, uh, everybody in Sutton Coalfield in England had to list a, if they had a room available for GIs because they didn't want the women staying in rooms, they wanted the men to be there. So that's what I did for a while and got them all done. And, and then uh, I was sent, I, I drove a major there that uh, four, four of us were drivers and I, we all drove an officer. So I drove a major, so we were on call 24 hours a day for whatever reason they wanted us. So, but, uh, well, I had to drive in the fog so bad that I had to put my foot up. They drive on the left side on the curb so I would know where I was going. And because of that, my left leg is, is not as big as my right one. It took that much, it froze, you know, and I had to go back to the barracks and they put me behind the, bakery and so I could thaw out to my leg was so frozen from driving so uh, we had gone through many air raids at night and and one of the gals said if I'm going to get killed I'm going to do it right here and so the rest of us decided we'd stay together so that was it <laughs> because there were nightly air raids you know so after I left England I went to France and was with the post office there as a driver. So every morning I'd drive into Paris and you could there were, the streets were empty except for people going through garbage cans trying to get something to eat, people and dogs. And that's something I'll never forget. And as I drove to the post office that I was be at, just as I drove in, something cracked on the uh, steering wheel and I couldn't steer it, but I was already there. so. I was that I felt that was a blessing because if I'd done that out in the you know out on the streets it would have been something else I have faith and I I just felt I'd be protected whatever I did because I if I volunteered for something I felt that that's what I should do so I just had a different life than some of the other wax but <laughs> The Battle of the Bulge was going on then, and they were bringing the wounded into the uh, hospital in Paris, and uh, our commanding officer was called from, from the hospital and asked him to send some wax down to help. The wounded were coming in so fast. So um, our, our commanding officer called me and said, you know, gonna take some wax to the hospital. So I got a ton and a half truck and loaded it with wax and drove into the hospital in front of the hospital and walked in and here the GIs are all laying on the floor and you could just walk sideways. And so they, we would kneel down and talk to them and take, you know, we all went and talked to each one and asked what, where they were from and just got them calmed down before and then they finally found room for them all. So, but when I had time off, I was allowed to take the Jeep and I became acquainted with two fellows from Iowa. And one was, uh, had his uh, left leg amputated below his knees, so he was gonna be sent home. And he said he hated to see, go home without seeing Paris. And I said, well, I'll see what I can do. 
So I went to my commanding officer, told her the story, and she says, you take a Jeep and show him wherever you want to go. So over there were two whacks in the back and me driving and him sit beside me and I took him all over Paris. So he was, you know, excited about that. And uh, we kept in touch for years after I got home, so. But I got a letter from my husband saying he was gonna be sent to the CBI, that's the China Burma. And I thought, and I started crying and the officer was below me and she came up and wanted to know why I was crying. And I said, well, my husband's gonna be sent to the CB area. And I said, I, I'd probably never see him again. And she said, I'll see what I can do. So she got me orders attached to Mark Clark's, but he, he never knew I was part of his service. So, but that got me to an early airport and asked, you know, if anybody was going to Paris and there, there was a plane just out there that was going to be going to Italy. And I told my story to the guy at the desk. And so he said, that plane right there, you can get on. So they put down the Bombay doors and I walked out and, and they one on one side and one on the other lifted me up and put it in where the gun turret is. And that's how I rode from there to, to Italy. And I got off of the plane and I was standing on the road and I didn't realize right in front of me was the Tower of Pisa because I didn't realize it was that big, you know. And so I walked out and I started hitchhiking. And along came a British guy in a truck with three uh, soldiers in the back. And one was, they were attending to one and I said, what happened? She said he got hurt, but not by fire. I don't know exactly how he got hurt. And they're going into Rome. So they stopped for water and the driver of the truck had to come back and stand in front of me so I could lean to the back because the people just came from everywhere and they wanted to touch me. And you know, and I, I didn't know what to do. So they looked out for me. And then we left and went on to Rome to the Red Cross there, and they put me up for the night. The next morning was a Sunday, so it was church. So I went down and went to church, and after a little while before church started, a fellow sat down beside me, and he looked at my patch. He says, you're not from around here, are you? And I said, no, I, and I told him my story. He said, I'll see what I can do. So the next day, he had gotten permission from his officer and he was able to take me from Rome to Milano. And uh, on the way, it started to rain and the fellow didn't know how to do the, the top to the Jeep, so I showed him how to do that. And he uh, took me up and my husband was waiting for me, waiting there, so. We had our honeymoon on Lake Como and I had our own villa attached to a regular one, which is owned now by George Clooney. And I'm sure George Clooney doesn't know it, but I'm gonna write a letter to him sometime, if he ever gets it. The Villa Esti. Yeah, so, yeah, that was the Fifth Army Rest Camp. So, we left from La Harve on the E.B. Alexander, headed for the United States. As we pulled into New York Harbor, all the lights came on.
and they took us off the boat and fed us the best Thanksgiving dinner we ever had. <laughs> so, and from there, we had to go to Fort Dix to get released from the Army. And then I boarded a train for Canton, Ohio. And when I got to Canton, there they were, my husband and my, my dad, and just welcomed me home. He got home seven days before I did. But other than that, why, I think my experience was something that not too many people have the opportunity to experience. So that's my love story. <laughs> and I love to tell it. <laughs> so, and thanks for the opportunity to tell it. So that's it. And that's it. And thanks for the opportunity to let us tell it, Eileen. And what a beautiful story about so many things, particularly just a sheer sense of adventure. Off to Europe to fight Nazis, searching for each other, learning how to drive trucks and tanks, supply lines to defeat one of the world's worst enemies in history. Eileen Hall's journey to find her husband in the middle of World War II. Her story here on Our American Stories. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbionica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbionica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O. TIKA.com. There's a lot happening these days. 
but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The Seven from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The Seven every weekday. So follow The Seven right now. And we continue with our American stories. Previously on our show, we've heard from Steve Stolier, who, as a UCLA student in the mid-70s, convinced Universal Pictures to re-release the classic Marx Brothers movie, Animal Crackers. It's a terrific story, by the way. Go to OurAmericanStories.com and take a look. Stolier would then go on to be Groucho Marx's personal assistant and historian for the final years of the legend's life. Today, we hear from Steve again, still in show business, but excited as ever to be surrounded by stage and screen legends. Here's Steve. Groucho Marx was just at the top of my pantheon of most admired entertainers, but running a close second was Fred Astaire, Frederick Austerlitz, of Omaha, Nebraska. He doesn't seem as if he would have come from middle America like that because he's, you know, known for the top hat and white tie and tails. But in fact, he's one of those erudite fellows that came from Nebraska along with Johnny Carson and Dick Cavett and Marlon Brando and a number of other people. I would have given anything to be able to meet him. And in fact, when I was working at Universal Studios in the late 70s, after Groucho died, I got a job working in the steno pool from 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. every day. And I would be typing episodes of The Rockford Files and Kojak and Beretta and so on. But I loved working at Universal because on lunch breaks, or before or after work, I could go wandering around. There, you know, there wasn't much security at the time. It isn't like now. Plus, I was an employee, and I was always nosing around because of the history of the place. I loved the Universal horror films and all that sort of stuff. The classics, My Mad Godfrey, and so I would keep track of who was guest starring on different shows and if they were filming on the lot. And if I was lucky, sometimes I would be able to cross paths with them. And then of all the unlikely things, I found out that Fred Astaire was going to be guest starring on Battlestar Galactica. Apparently his grandson, his favorite TV show was Battlestar Galactica. And he said, Grandpa, will you be on that? That would be cool. And so Astaire, figuring, well, I can't, I can't deny my own grandson a request like that. So he got in touch with the producers, and they wrote a part for him where he played Dirk Benedict's con man father. On a lunch break, I wandered over to the set, and I watched him shoot a scene inside the spacecraft. And then during a break, he was just sauntering around the soundstage with his hands in his pockets. And I happened to have with me an original still of him in 
Swing Time, 1936 film. And so I went over and uh, introduced myself and I said, I just, I want to thank you for all of the magical moments from flying down to Rio to a family upside down and everything in between. Family Upside Down was a TV movie he had just done, co-starring opposite Helen Hayes. So at the time, that was sort of like thanking him for his whole film career. And he said, oh, well, my goodness, thank you. And uh, he was happy to sign my photo. And so for one brief shining moment, I got to meet, you know, one of my all-time heroes. So that was in 78. In 1983, five years later, I had moved to New York the previous year to write for Dick Cavett, whom I met through my Groucho connection and who hired me away from Universal to write for him at HBO on a short-lived show called HBO Magazine. But then I continued to live in New York and write for Cavett and other things. Astaire and Gene Kelly had both been honored by the Kennedy Center. You see the edited down specials on TV where they have someone from dance and music and literature and they salute them. And the Kennedy Center had a policy where after you've been saluted, they would appreciate it if you would sit down for an interview uh, not to be released or broadcast, but just for their library, for the Kennedy Center's official library, to have that for people to be able to access. So Astaire said that would be fine with him, but only if Dick Cavett does the interview, because he had had good experiences when Cavett had his ABC show, and he felt comfortable conversing with him. <laughs> I was friends with and writing for Cavett, and he knew what a, an Astaire fanatic I was, as was he. And the Kennedy Center sent Cavett the list of questions they wanted him to ask. And luckily, he gave those to me to rework because they were asking thesis questions on, you know, compare and contrast the development of tap as an art form from the uh, Irish clog through vaudeville and the influence of the African-American experience. And I knew from previous experience that Astaire is a tough interview subject and he hates analyzing his art. He's very, he was very much a, I just do it kind of guy. So what I did was I very carefully chopped up their essay questions into more conversational bites so that Cavett could ask him and get information. You know, his answer on how a certain sequence happened, the dance director, Hermes Pan, would come up with an idea and I'd try it out in front of a mirror and, sure, great. That would be how he would discuss how a dance step came to be. Kelly, because he was a director and choreographer, Kelly was the opposite. If you said hi 
Gene Kelly would say, dance is a three-dimensional medium and film is a two-dimensional medium. So as a director or choreographer, you have to take in that distinction and frame the image such that the two dimension, you know, he, he gave those kind of dissertation answers. But for Astaire, it was just, well, sure, great, let's do it. Which doesn't make for, you know, compelling listening. I flew out to L.A. with Cavett to interview both Astaire and Kelly. We were in a limousine. I was in the front seat with the chauffeur, which is just as well, because I tended to get nauseated sitting in the back of limousines. And we stopped by Astaire's house on San Ysidro in Beverly Hills. He got in the car, and Astaire looked at me and he said, have we worked together before? You look familiar. And I don't know whether he was confusing me with someone else or if he really did remember from when I met him on the set of Galactica. But so on the way to the studio, I'm listening <laughs> to Cavett and Astaire talking. And Astaire said, Dick, did you look over these questions? And I'm thinking, he, 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 he. And Astaire said, some of them are asinine. What was I doing in vaudeville? I mean, for heaven's sakes, that was 50 years ago. I mean, it's ridiculous. And I'm, you know, mentally slinking down in the front seat thinking, oh God, you should only know what these questions were like before I, I made them sanitized for your easy digestion. And you've been listening to Steve Stolier talk about his brush with greatness again when we come back more of the story of Fred Astaire and Steve Stollier here on Our American Stories. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! 
Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A dot com. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from The Washington Post wherever you listen. And we're back with Our American Stories and Steve Stolier's story of the time he had the privilege of meeting and working with Fred Astaire. Steve was working for Dick Cavett at the time, and Astaire had just been selected to be honored by the Kennedy Center. Cavett was going to interview Astaire and had asked Steve to rewrite the Kennedy Center's questions, and even so, Astaire still found Stolier's versions of the questions asinine. Let's get back to Steve. So uh, I was sort of on edge after that because I thought it was going to be this wonderful time and now he's attacking the questions and all that. And I didn't let on that I'd had anything to do with them because I didn't want to be the target of his annoyance. But we got to the studio and as a favor to a stare to show respect, they had him go into the makeup room first before Cavett to get ready for the cameras. So then he came out uh, in makeup, and then it was Cavett's turn, and the director said to me, will you sit down with Fred and talk to him until Dick is ready? And I thought, oh dear, um, er, yeah, sure, I... <clears throat> the next thing I knew, I was sitting in a director's chair next to a stair in his director's chair, and trying to make pleasant conversation with someone who had just torn apart the questions I had carefully crafted and who was, you know, notoriously difficult to draw out. But one of the things I brought up was, you know, this was in 83. It was the same year that the musical My One and Only had opened on Broadway. And I had seen that with Tommy Toon and Twiggy and Honey Coles. And it was basically a loose reworking of the Gershwin show Funny Face, which Fred and his sister Adele had starred in in 1927. And I loved it. And I felt like seeing Tommy Toon do do some of those intricate tap numbers was as close as I was going to get to seeing a stair dance. And I mentioned that uh, even though the show was filled with a lot of standards, the song, My One and Only, was 
was semi-obscure, but I knew it because I had a record of Astaire and Adele singing that from Funny Face. And I said, so it's interesting because now that song is getting well-known by the average public because of this new Broadway show. So we started talking about new releases of classic songs, and we got around to putting on the Ritz. And he, he mentioned... He said, last year there was that version by that German fellow, and I must say I didn't care for it. Uh, the German fellow was a guy named Taco, and it was sort of a synthesized, mechanized version of putting on the Ritz that got a lot of airplay in, in 1982. But Astaire said, the way he does it is just boom, boom, boom putting on the Ritz, boom, boom, putting on the Ritz. I didn't care for it. He said, now when Irving wrote it, meaning Berlin, he wrote it like this. And Astaire started tapping his foot. And I'm thinking, Fred Astaire is tapping and singing putting on the Ritz, to me, only me, this special moment just from me, uh, I would say dancing as fast as I could verbally to keep him occupied until Cava came out, but it ended up being this wonderful little pocket of conversation. And then Cavett came out and they started taping. And actually between my having cut the questions up and Cavett's brilliance as an interviewer and conversationalist, he was able to draw Fred Astaire out in that interview and actually got him to talk about a lot of things that were essentially things that I had wondered about that I would have asked Fred Astaire if I ever had the chance. So I put them through Dick Cavett's mouth and he ended up, you know, at one point he said something like, Gosh, Dick, you're you're making me remember things I hadn't thought about in in 40 years, which I I took as very gratifying because it was unlocking some of these old memories. One of my questions was, did he ever have an understudy? Because you think about Broadway shows and how unique Astaire was. Was there someone who, if he was sick, would have gone on in the way? The way Cabot asked it was, he said, for instance, if you were under the weather, did the manager come out before the show and say, we're very sorry, Mr. Astaire can't be here tonight. Instead, please enjoy Leonard Crunchman. That was the name he came up with on the spot, Leonard Crunchman. And Astaire said, oh, no, I never had an understudy. I, I just... It, no matter what, you just went on, you know. And it was that kind of that trooper mentality. And he said, I remember one time in London, I, I had a boil removed from my, from my head and the doctor bandaged it. But I still went on that night and I had my top hat and, and this bandaged head and uh, nobody explained anything. And I guess the people in the audience were thinking, Oh, I suppose the old fellow broke his skull or something. And every time I put the top hat back on top of my head, it hurt. But, you know, you just went on. 
So it turned into this really fascinating conversation. I mean, Astaire was in his mid-80s at the time and just beginning to slow down a bit. I mean, he, he wasn't as lively as he was on the ABC Cavett shows. And, the, you know, there was no audience. There was no band. It was just this conversation. Then the following day, we went over to Gene Kelly's house and he was the absolute opposite because he was able to dissect and come at his films and the dance sequences and the combination of ballet and tap and the athleticism and the choreography. Because I had researched him when I was in New York, HBO at the time was located in the Time Life building. So I had access to uh, Time and Life magazine's archives and they, they would have bulging manila folder files with stretched out rubber bands trying to keep them from exploding. And inside would be old clippings and old photos and stuff. You know, it was like a morgue of, of old newspaper and photographic things from previous stories. This was, you know, I hasten to add before Google, so you couldn't just go to IMDB or Wikipedia or something. But I had this rare access, and in the file for Gene Kelly was a story about when he was working on the 1942 oh, Cover Girl with Rita Hayworth. The music was by Jerome Kern. So there was one news story that said that after filming was completed, Jerome Kern presented Gene Kelly with a silver plate and that was engraved to GK from JK in honor of CoverGirl. And so after Cavett had finished interviewing Gene Kelly, uh, I thought this'll floor him that I know this bit of trivia. And so I said, uh, do you still have that plate that uh, Jerome Kern gave you after CoverGirl? And I expected him to laugh or something. And instead, he's got this scowl on his face. And he said, where did you hear about that? That was stolen from me some years back. I, and I've never seen it. There was a, a theft at my house. How do you know about that? And all of a sudden, I was like, you know, sitting in a chair with the cops going over me with a, a, a third degree and a bright light. And I said, I, 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 it was in your file at the, the Time Life archive of the uh, thing. And, and, I, and I think he was placated, but it was a strange note to end on because I, I don't know that he ever completely got over that trace of suspicion that the thing, the one thing I brought up that I thought would put a smile on his face instead triggered his Irish anger. But it was still a, a, a great afternoon to be sitting at the feet of Gene Kelly and listening to him talk about his career. And only one day after spending the afternoon with Fred Astaire. So I had, in one visit back to LA from New York, I had managed to spend time with two of, uh, obviously two of the greatest dancers uh, that have ever appeared on film. And great job as always by Robbie on the production and everything else. It's a terrific story and Steve Stolier, my goodness, what a great storyteller. Steve Stolier's story, his two brushes with greatness here 
on Our American Story. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.